Welcome to Extra Innings, powered by the Intermission Sports. This is a new baseball podcast that we're starting up here. Uh, you know, spring training starting in, in a few weeks here, and uh, the MLB and MLBPA announced to start the regular season on April 1st this season. Um, first off, I'm Dalton, uh, and I'm joined by Kalen, Thomas, and Evan. What's up, fellas? How's it going? What's up, Dalton? To talk How about you doing, man? All righty. So, baseball. Right around the corner. Feels like we've waiting for it forever. We've had a lengthy offseason, and it took forever for anything to ever mm-hmm. happen. Most recently, Trevor Bauer decided to sign with the Los Angeles Dodgers, go, goes back home to Cali. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on him choosing Dodgers over the Mets? Honestly, pretty ruthless the way that he did it. I read a lot of reports that, you know, he was, like, pretty much about to reach a deal with the Reds and the Mets, and then all of a sudden he just decides and go and sign with the Dodgers. But you know what? It just makes the Dodgers even more overpowered than they already are. So you, you, you hate to see it, honestly. But I don't know. I don't, like, really see anybody that can honestly beat the Dodgers this year. And getting, you know, pretty much a Cy Young winner, Trevor Bauer, like, that, that just – that's unfair. Yeah, honestly, the the like the the Bauer signing it was so interesting because like uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but like an hour before the signing was announced, there was like the Mets merch that was up on Bauer's like website or something like that, and like it was just it was I, I thought that was just funny. He even like apologized for it afterwards, which was also weird. But uh, I mean, hey, that Dodger starting rotation looks ridiculous right now. You know, I'm I'm happy for the Dodgers, but at the same time, deep down inside my heart, I still hate them. Like, I mean, the I looked this up before the podcast. They have $239 million in payroll this year. That blows the Yankees out of the water. So I think that them just trying to continue their attempts to buy championships when it's only worked once in recent history, I think that I hope – no, I don't think. I hope that this fails for them, but it probably won't because Trevor Bauer is a great pitcher. He did the Mets dirty, which is really, like, greasy. Like, I, I, I don't understand how players can do that, but, I mean, like, if we can leverage a team to get more money from another better team, I mean, I probably would have done the same thing, being honest as myself. So good for Trevor Bauer to get the payday he deserves. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean – it was uh, it was Bob Nightingale who's notorious for uh, kind of being a little quick to stories to break. Um, he announced probably like two hours before he actually signed with the Dodgers that Bowers going to the Mets. Um, not a great look to be honest. He came out with a big apology. I think about like six or seven tweets yesterday. Uh, Trevor Bauer did. I I don't remember what they said, but I mean it was pretty much just him saying that he had content like you know he has his watch momentum channel and uh merchandise ready for any team that he pretty much decided to sign with and he didn't even know until the day of who he was really signing with um and signing with the dodgers i hate it because i was you know i'm a i'm a red sox fan my boy mookie betts just got sent there last season the guy has an insane insane year for the dodgers ends up in in the winning the world series um it's crazy because, like, in any other sport, you'd be like, oh, yeah, they're in cap hell. But, like, baseball, that's not a problem. Like, it's just about who the richest owner is. If, if you got the money to pay that, that little wimpy luxury tax, oh, your team's set. 
That's what the Yankees have been for years. That's why they make it. I can't really think of any other really big ones since Springer, to be honest, that we've seen kind of big controversies about. Um, we didn't really know where he was going, and then it kind of just popped up out of nowhere. He signed with the Blue Jays, my Canada boys. What do you think? Honestly, huge, huge deal. Like the biggest deal in Jays history. I think that's already well known, though. But that makes their lineup, their hitting lineup, possibly the best in the MLB. So much firepower and so much young talent, too, to complement that. Nice veteran presence from Springer. And... Honestly, if they can get, you know, a huge season from Vlad, which they've been kind of waiting for, and last year was okay. Like, they already had breakout seasons from Bo, Biggio, Tay Oscar. If they can have that momentum carried over and Vlad even breaks out, I can't imagine any pitcher being able to shut this lineup out. I feel like it'd be impossible. Honestly, I think the the other most underrated part of that deal is not only is uh, Springer a great bat, but also his defensive game. Like the Jays outfield over the past few seasons has been okay defensive wise, but Grichik has never been, I think, the best defensive center fielder ever. Uh, so I think Springer's defense as well as his bat will be huge for this uh, Jays team this season. And I'm excited for it, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, like also I'm pretty sure Teoscar got a lot of, you know, playing time at center field. This year, or last year, I'm pretty sure, because I remember I've seen a few games where he's playing. Yeah, like you said, it's good to have that defensive, like, pretty much orchestrator in the outfield that they really haven't had since Kevin Pillar, to be honest. Oh, wow. That that name just makes me miss him even more. Kevin Pillar. Oh, what a guy. Anyways, um, Springer, great, great thing for the Blue Jays. Great addition to the lineup. Big bat, like everybody's already said. Defense is amazing. I was the one at the intermission here who covered the article as soon as he signed. Um, six years, $150 million. Not too happy with the length of it, but I guess in free agency, if you really want a guy, you're going to have to overpay in either one of term or money. So we overpaid in the term this time. I think he got the money he's worth. Um, but this Blue Jays lineup is really close to being one of the best in the AL, if it isn't already. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, the Jays are looking good in the A at least right now. Um, the Red Sox kind of falling out of that contention of top three teams. I mean, they're kind of battling the Orioles, which is really sad. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the Jays have a way lower salary right now, even with after signing Springer than the Yankees do. And I still like the, the Jays in that division. I mean, the Yankees, they got a good lineup, great rotation. It seems like they can never get it done every year. There's always something that happens. Um, we'll jump into free agents that are remaining. We have probably five or six guys written down that we want to talk about. Obviously today, um, who was it that signed the Mariners today? Adam Duvall from, from the Braves. Also, just a really quick interjection, talking about the Blue Jays payroll. They're only spending $125 million this year on uh, even after they've signed uh, George Springer, which is like, over a hundred million less than what the Dodgers are spending, and about a hundred million dollars less than what the Yankees are spending because the Yankees are on two hundred million dollars every year as well. It's so, about sixty. A sixty, yeah, sixty. So the guys we have written down are Jackie Bradley Jr., James Paxton, Jake Odorizzi, Justin Turner, Taiwan Walker, and Marwin Gonzalez. Uh, those are just a few of the guys who are left. Obviously, as I said before, Duval got signed today. Marcelo Zuna not too long ago. Um, the, the market's hot right now. It, it, it's, it's been a while since 
the MLB free agency was anywhere close to what, what's been happening the last like week or so. Uh, we, we can start with JBJ. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll strike that one because, you know, he's, he's my Boston Red Sox boy. I love JBJ. Uh, he's a perennial guy in center field that he should be getting the gold glove every year. Uh, I don't really care what anyone's, anyone's has to say. The guy's defense is spectacular. He plays a tough spot in that Fenway Park center field. Um, his only The only part of his game that's been really weak is hitting. I mean, he's been a, like around 230 guy for most of his career. Not many home runs, RBIs, eh. Just like the most basic of stats, he's not looking great. But as we mentioned with Springer, the market is hot. There's a lot of money in baseball. A guy like JBJ probably runs six, eight million dollars. I put him at, but I can see him getting somewhere close to like twelve, just because how hot the market is right now. They like paying a lot for guys, and if they value his defense like a lot of MLB teams do, he's in for a payday. I don't know where, because uh, what the Mets got their center fielder. Uh, they got VR as well, who can play anywhere. And that was the only team I think that we'd really been hearing about that was really into Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, I don't know what his market has for him, but he posted on Instagram, I think two days ago, uh, about how moving out is hard when you have no idea where you're going. So it makes it seem like the Red Sox are completely out on him and they're ready to move on with Alex Verdugo and hopefully Jaron Duran as their center fielder soon. Yeah, JBJ, he's a good player. And, you know, he did step it up a lot, like he had a 280 average. So he's shown that he still can hit the bat a little bit or he can hit the ball decent. Like I'll talk about um, Odorizzi. Odorizzi had a pretty, like, he, I'm pretty sure he only played 13 innings last year. He had like a above six ERA. But the year before that, he was spectacular. He pitched like 160 innings, had a 350 ERA. And, yeah, he was a 2019 All-Star. And right now his market's pretty strong. As I'm looking, the Cardinals, Red Sox, Angels, Mets, Giants, Phillies, and Blue Jays have all shown interest for him. It's honestly hard to say exactly where he'll go, but I guarantee you he can get a decent payday. And he's still a good pitcher. Like, he only pitched 13 innings last year. That 6 RA really means nothing. Like, really what it comes down to is, like, his durability, being able to play. Can he play over 200 innings? Because last year he didn't, and he was also injured last year, too, so... I don't know. Like, I feel like he would be a good fit on the Jays, but quite frank, if he's asking for a lot of money, like twenty million or something like that, even fifteen million, like I'm not sure if he'd be really worth it for probably above twenty million. I'd say. What do you guys think? Twenty mil seems like a lot to me, especially for a guy like you said who only pitched like thirteen innings last year. Didn't uh, was kind of injured. I think that's a bit much, but. Uh... I would love if the Jays could pick him up. I mean, they need starting pitching right now. I think uh, James Paxton is another guy. I think the Jays should definitely look at bringing the Canadian kid home. I think that would just be a great storyline. Obviously, had the no hitter uh, here in 2019, I believe. Uh, that would just—I think that would be a great storyline. I don't know how much he'd be making. I assume around—it's got to be double-digit millions. That's that's a guarantee. I don't know what he, what he'd be making, but. Uh, I, I still want to see the Jays go out and get another starting pitcher, whether that is Paxton, whether that is bringing back Taiwan Walker, uh, whether that is uh, Jake Odorizzi. I just I want to see them go out and get another starter. Uh, Taiwan Walker, I think, could be a great fit. He seemed to enjoy his time here, uh, seemed, to got, uh, seemed to get better as the year went on. I could see maybe one or two of those guys even uh, coming uh, come to Toronto, and I think that would, be, that would be huge for them going forward because now not only would you have an elite 
starting lineup and as well as a pretty solid bullpen, if you ask me, with the addition of Kirby Yates now. I think I think if you can get another starter on that Jays team, they are going to be looking pretty pretty good going into this uh, this season. Yeah, I'll touch a little on James Paxton here. The he was just making twelve and a half with a little bit of an off season, so I think that this contract for him isn't going to be a big one. I think he's probably going to stay around that twelve and a half million, maybe go up to thirteen or fourteen, but he's not going to get a super big pay increase. Because I think I, he was eight and five with like a four thirty two ERA, which is not great. Um, I think it's also probably only going to be a one year deal wherever he signs. I don't think that any team is going to take a big chance on him and sign him for long term big money. Um, as much as I wish that he could come to Toronto for long term big money, I wouldn't want it. One year, prove me deal like they do. I think that's what he's going to get anywhere that any team signs him for. Talking about Paxton and, you know, the remaining pitchers that the Jays could potentially pursue, like, who do you guys think would be the best fit for the Jays? Like, obviously, we love Paxton. He's a Canadian kid. They're the no-hitter against us. Taiwan Walker was pretty decent for us last year, but this stat called Field Independent Pitching, or FIP, he had a 4.56 rating, which is pretty bad. If you look at Paxton's rating from 2019, he had a 3.8, and he had a 3.82 ERA. And Taiwan Walker to 270 area, which shows that he got a lot. He got pretty lucky throughout the year. So his numbers could have been a lot worse pretty much. But who do you guys think would be one of the, like probably the best starter the Jays could get in the market right now, since we are think, Jays fans. I think it has to be Odorizzi. No matter what team, all 32 teams could use a guy like him. Um, he's been effective when he can't play. It, it's kind of guy you can't really miss a shot on. See, I'd say Odorizzi is an interesting one because I, uh, like Thomas mentioned earlier, he he had a uh, only like 13 innings or something like that last year. That's the only concerning point for me. Uh, honestly, I'd say, see, I, I just want Paxton that bad. But I think the the one that would have the best fit with the Jays would probably be Taiwan Walker. Um, which I mean, we we got him for like nothing last year, uh, and I think he got better as the year went on. I think uh, so. Honestly. Because I think Pearson is going to have a bit of a step up year. Obviously, Ryu is going to be doing his thing. Uh, depending on who fills out the rest of the rotation, maybe they go out and trade for a guy. Who knows? They already got Steven Matz. I don't think he's going to be a starter, but you never know. Uh, I think Taiwan Walker would be just a really nice kind of like round off piece. Uh, if not him, uh, then I, th- I think Paxton. But I think any of the three uh, you pick, you get, a, you get a good option for the Jays. For me... I would love Paxton, you know, Canadian, but the problem with Paxton is that he's never thrown more than 160 innings in a year. That's not going to take away, you know, some of the accomplishments that he's had. Like he's been an all-star. He's has it. I think he throws like 97 or 98 at least. And he's a lefty, which is kind of crazy. You don't see too many lefty hurlers like that other than maybe Chapman or something like that. And Taiwan, the thing I'm scared about Taiwan is you give him a two, three year deal and then maybe he starts going back to the form that he was before he played with the Jays. That's what I'm scared about with Taiwan, especially because that one stat, the FIP stat, it's unusually high, which shows he was pretty lucky. But honestly, yeah, like Dalton said, I think Odorizzi would be the safest option to go with. I think he would be the safest option. Paxton too injury prone. And Taiwan, I haven't really seen enough from him yet to show that he really deserves a big contract. I feel like Odorizzi would be like the perfect mid rotation piece for the Jays. 
A guy that I would be interested in bringing in, Trevor Rosenthal. Um, his name is being tossed around in free agency a bit. He has fallen off, fallen off the past couple of years a bit. Hasn't been doing super great, but still, he is an elite arm that can slot in pretty much anywhere. I think he's been sitting mostly in the pen with the Cardinals, and then he went to Detroit, I believe. Um, Padres. Padres, sorry, my bad. Um, but yeah, I think that he's still an elite arm. He can get you those crucial outs when you need him. Might be able to slot into the rotation if it fits right for the Blue Jays and for himself. Um, but if he can go back to what he was when he first entered the league, uh, it's crazy how good he was. So I think that we can be able to have a solid rotation or even better bullpen with that. Uh, the last guy I want to hit on is Justin Turner. I think he's the premier guy who's who's left. Um it came out today that the Mets want him. It seemed like the Mets want a little bit of everybody. Uh, where, where does he slot into that lineup with J.D. Davis there, who's been playing a decent third base? And there's not much to room. There's not much room to budge on that infield now with uh, Francisco Lindor being there and Jeff McNeil and, and Pete Alonso. Yeah, honestly, I don't really see him signing with the Mets. I really see him re-signing with the Dodgers. Like, I feel like the like even though the Mets, you know, they do show interest – I I've read reports that they aren't really lining up for like, you know, what they want. Turner wants more money, more years. The Mets don't really want to give that. And I feel like the Dodgers is his home. It's where he's had the most success in his career. It's one world series there. And I feel like I don't really see Turner moving away. Like I really don't see him moving away. I feel like he's going to go right back to the Dodgers. That's my opinion on that. See, I think with Turner, I think, a, especially now that they uh, signed Jonathan VR today, I think that I think the Mets are uh, out on Turner as far as that goes. It would have been an interesting fit to see how they kind of got that infield to work, but uh, I think they are out. I think I, I agree with Thomas. I think he is going to go back to the Dodgers unless some sort of surprise team comes out of nowhere. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, even know who could use a third baseman like that right now. Uh, I mean, the Mariners would be the obvious answer. Well, no, actually, what am I saying? The Mariners have Seager. Uh, so uh, I don't know who. Uh, who else other than the Dodgers could be in on Turner, to be quite honest. So I, I, I see him returning to LA as well now to play with Trevor Bauer, which, oh man, that Dodgers team is going to be good again. Yeah. I think that uh, uh, Justin Turner, he's probably going back to the Dodgers. I mean, what he, I think he's been pretty much a lifetime Dodger for the most part. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't see it. Now that they brought in a huge piece in Trevor Bauer, I think that he will be back because I think they're going to be making another deep run. Who knows if they'll win again? It's the Dodgers. They might choke it away like they usually do, but he, he's going back to the Dodgers. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't think a team is going to go out and sign him, especially at his old age, for the money that he's probably going to get with the Dodgers since they have such an insane payroll and they can pay their guys way overpriced. Yeah, uh, there's not many guys in this in this free agency pool right now. Uh, and the offseason has been crazy for a lot of numbers that these guys are getting. I mean, Garrett Richards got close to 10 mil from the Red Sox. No one really saw that coming for double digits at least. And there's some decent talent left in that pool. Uh, you know, the, n- not the youngest of guys, but guys who can still get it done. Finally, we're going to hop into some rule changes. I know those were announced this morning. Uh, it was announced that they're keeping the seven inning double headers and uh, universal DH is no longer a part of baseball, uh, major league baseball. And 
they're going to keep the rule that a lot of pitchers were, were against. And that is starting the extra innings frame with a guy on second base. What do you guys think? Yeah, honestly, I don't really get it that much. I guess it's their way of trying to speed up games, I guess, because the MLB has been trying to speed up games for the longest time because they don't want games lagging on. They want it because the views have been down. That's what I think it's for, honestly. But I don't know. I feel like it kind of takes away from the sport when you alter it like that. And I feel like it kind of is like, I don't know. It's, it's disrespectful. Yeah. It's, it's such like, it's such a weird thing. Like the, the fact that they won't go to uh, like the, the whole DH rule is just weird in, in and of itself. Um, but then I think though, see the one that makes the most ish sense to me, I guess is the extra inning, but even that is uh, the extra inning runner rule. But even that, like, come on, man, I don't think that's, I don't think that's as much of baseball as they think it is. And I don't think it's going to speed up the games as much as they think it is. I mean, yes, yes, you will have more just 10 inning, 11 inning games. Um, But to me, like looking back, uh, extra innings are actually quite exciting, especially when you're actually in the ballpark. And I think while that will add excitement uh, for like the 10th inning and the 11th inning, uh, I think even like some of the, some of the ones I remember a few years ago, the Jays had like an 18 inning game and that was, I think a bit ridiculous, but even still like when you get into like the 12th, 13th inning, then you have, then like you see the heroes come out uh, to be honest. But uh, anyways, I think the fact that MLB is trying to speed up the game, I think that is just kind of pointless. It's not really baseball in my opinion. I think they are trying to do too much. And uh, honestly, I think the seven inning uh, double headers as well, I mean, with the sixty with the sixty game season, that was already tough enough. With one hundred and sixty uh, sixty two or one hundred fifty six, whatever they're going with this year, I, I wonder. I wonder how many of those teams have because I think that's going to be that's going to be interesting, especially with you know seven inning doubleheaders. Huge fan of. I mean, I think that they could probably change it to nine. I mean, these guys are professional baseball players. They're getting paid millions upon millions of dollars to play baseball, add the four extra innings, play the entire game. Who cares? Like, man, if I was playing, it takes me back to when I was playing baseball as a kid, right? You go travel an hour to go play a double header against teams that are all in, all in your league. It, it was awesome. Those were the best days. Runner on base and extra innings, not a huge fan of. You need to earn your way on base. That's part of it. Like, I think that, the game of baseball is about hitting the baseball and getting on base or putting that ball out of the stadium. It's just to me, just giving people a free runner, whether it's on your team or the other team or whoever has it. I really am not a fan of it at all. Um, And finally to touch on the no DH, thank God. I really am not a fan of the DH. Got to be able to play an all-around game of baseball if you want to play it professionally. I think they just need to get rid of the ALDH as well. Um, I know Dalton's not a fan of that rule as a Red Sox fan with David Ortiz and whatnot, but if you're playing a baseball game, if you're playing baseball, you got to play the whole game, not not just half of it. Yeah, the, the DH is definitely an interesting conversation because uh, there's a lot of baseball history that would be altered if there was never a DH. Like, obviously, Kalen mentioned David Ortiz, but I can't think of any guys on the tip of my tongue right now, but there's plenty of guys that are, you know, 
career monsters uh, batting out of the DH spot. And Edwin playing Encarnacion. Ed, Edwin, yep. Guys that are career DHs, they play first base when they go to interleague play. Pitchers hit. Uh, and their careers would not be like that. And it's kind of like weird to think what would David Ortiz be if he had to play first base all those times because they would have never played the guy there unless they wanted to risk, you know, having a, a real liability at first base. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on was you, you talked about um, the starting on second base and extra innings. Uh, I had the pleasure to talk to Oliver Drake, who was a pitcher for the Rays last year. Um, and he was a big seventh inning guy for them. And he outright said that he hated it. I mean, you think about it. There's a guy starts on second base. You, you get three outs in an inning. You can throw two pitches and get two sack flies. Would be great for you know extra innings. That's two outs, no guys on base in extra innings. But two sack flies is a run. And and this new one with the guy in second base. And these teams aren't just like trying to put scrubs out there too. They're going to try to do whatever they can to get Billy Hamilton on second base to start that inning. Um, it's definitely interesting how they kept that one. And I know there's a lot of different opinions. I mean, anything in the, in the rules of baseball, but there was like a lot of overwhelming support for the, the, the universal DH being a thing. Uh, I know Marcelo Azuna, at least he was really waiting to hear what their decision would be before he signed his contract. Uh, I think last second before they really realized that there's going to be no DH in the NL that the Braves were, were going to give him the best money. So he came back home to Atlanta. He would have been a guy that he definitely would have slotted in a DH somewhere and given another guy a spot in left field if it weren't for the DH being a part of the game. Uh, we've been talking about power hitters a lot. You, I brought up Poppy. Uh, Kalen, you mentioned Edwin. You know, there's guys like Nelson Cruz out there right now that have really – uh, their, their careers have thrived the last couple of seasons because, you know, the, the home run ball era. And it was uh, announced, I think, either last night or this morning as well, that they're going to be deadening the balls. Yeah, that's because of um, all the record amount of home runs have been hit, 2017, and then that record was broken in 2019. And a lot of, you know, players have been kind of expecting it. Some players have even called out for it as well, like David Price. And David Price even like posted on Twitter saying like it's about time. Like they've been baseball's had a different feel, and he's happy to see that the MLB is going back to regular baseball. And yeah, I, I don't think it'll make too much of a difference. MLB reported that balls will travel an average of three to four less feet than what they did before. But I don't know. It's I guess like they're just trying to appeal to the pitchers in the league, but. At the same time, I do love the home run ball. It makes it super exciting. And I'm hoping that the deadening of the balls doesn't squash out the home run ball too much. That's what I'm hoping for, at least. Yeah, I'm hoping, like, uh, the three or four feet, like, you think it wouldn't make too much of a difference, especially for some of the, like, heavier, like, heavy power hitters who just rip it 50 feet over the fence anyways. But some, I think three or four feet could really make a difference uh, at some of, like, at Fenway, for example, like three or four feet could be a big difference hitting it over the green monster or not. 
Uh, and I mean, it'll be interesting to see if that will have as much of an effect as, uh, as the MLB thinks it does. Um, because as well, you got to remember, like we're in an era, not only did they, yes, have the balls a bit juiced last season and, uh, they are deadening them this year, but you got to remember that this is an era where guys are a lot stronger. Guys ha- are all, all about like swing passes and stuff like that. They, they are built to hit home runs in this day and age. So there's going to be an increase of home runs. And I think the MLB isn't really taking that necessarily into consideration and they're blaming the baseballs for it. Uh, I mean, if it makes that big of a difference, then great. I mean, I would like to see the same amount of home runs as last year because that was exciting, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, If it doesn't make that much of a difference, then clearly it's the fact that players are actually focusing on swing path now and uh, bat speed and getting, uh, well, obviously they are also strong, but getting, getting, uh, getting onto the ball quick and uh, using their, using their strength to just put it over the fence. Yeah. I mean, I think with this rule, not rule, I guess, just the change in equipment. I mean, we saw what happened with the NHL, I believe it was, where they switched out the pucks for the tracking pucks. Didn't work, and now they're switching back to the old pucks. Um, I wonder if this might happen in the MLB season this year, if they're like, okay, these aren't working out that well anymore. Let's go back to the old ones. But I don't know. I think home run balls, like Thomas said, are some of the best parts of the game. People are always complaining about not enough action in baseball, not enough. It's too long. There's not enough action, whatever, who cares? Um, but now that they're deadening the balls, that's taking it all away. Like whether it's the three to four feet, like Evan said, that makes a difference. You have these guys that can hardly get it over the wall and they hit it two feet over, but now that's coming back. That's probably a caught ball or just off the wall. It's no longer a home run for them. Um, so I think that they need to really like consider their audience, especially if they're trying to bring in people that aren't baseball fans for life, like us four are, where we watch it no matter what. Um, so I think that if they do this, they're going to get a loss, loss of viewership because the home run ball is the best. Watching a guy just mash a baseball friggin' like 400 feet, 500 feet sometimes in the home run derby. It's just crazy. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Dalton, you can go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I mean, chick zig a long ball. Can't, can't, can't take home runs out of baseball, man. Uh, it, it happened a long time ago when, you know, a lot of ground balls were getting hit. Pitchers were looking really good. Yeah, it was like the dead ball era of baseball. Um, that was a boring time to be a baseball fan. I mean, obviously, we weren't alive back then, but especially me, the old man around here now. Um, yeah, I, I, it's disappointing because you get to that point, you know, there's like six more games in the season. And, you know, we, we head into the weekend sets in the, last, in the last few weeks of the year. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the, we need 45 more home runs as a league to break the record from the last season. I, I like seeing that every year. And, I mean, the Yankees set a record for most home runs hit by a team in a year. Uh, the Twins did it to the next season to break it. Seeing a dead ball or a dead-end ball era is going to be really hard as a baseball fan. And they have a, they, the MLB has a lot to figure out uh, if they want to, you know, really continue to grow the fan base. I mean, Trevor Bauer's a menace to Rob Manfred himself. Um, but he has a lot of great points about what they're kind of doing to set back the game of baseball. Um, and obviously, as Kayla mentioned, us as fans, we're always going to watch, but growing the game is going to get a little tougher, I think. 
So uh, to wrap it up, and I was quick first episode, we're kind of just waiting for the season to start. Uh, April 1st, we'll have a lot more happening then. A lot, everything will be solidified, hopefully by then. And we'll be seeing some baseball happen, even, even if it's spring training. Um, Evan brought up, we're going to do a little early season World Series prediction. And I'll, I'll start this one first because I, I have a really good <laughs> idea of who it's going to be in the, in the NL. Um, I think it's going to come down to the Padres and the Dodgers. And I think the Dodgers are no surprise. We've, we've talked about them for probably 15 minutes already uh, just because of how adding Trevor Bauer to that team just sets them over the top. They have six major league starters in that team. And Clayton Kershaw, David Price, um, Dustin May, Julio uh, Urias, I forget how to pronounce his name, Julio Urias, um, Trevor Bauer. Walker Bueller. And Walker Bueller, yeah. How did I forget Walker Bueller? Um, that, that team is just, that team's so good. Um, in the American League, don't even think I'm going to say the Yankees because I never will admit that the Yankees are a good team. Uh, they're kind of like the they're kind of like the Cowboys, you know. They have a really good team on paper, and they can just never get it done. I I don't think the Rays will be where they are. I know. I know. <laughs> the Rays the, the Rays have lost everybody. Uh, they're not going to be back. Uh, I mean, I think I think I like the White Sox again. I, I picked them last year, and they're kind of disappointing. They got a good young team. I'll take White Sox Dodgers for my World Series prediction with the Dodgers coming out on top. Yeah, they're. There are so many good teams in the NL. I feel like the NL is more stacked than the AL this year. Like like you said, the Dodgers, super stacked rotation, super stacked bats. Padres probably the best rotation in the league, though. And when you trade for Blake Snell, and then you also get you Darvish, Joe Musgrove, and your sixth guy is the MLB's top pitching prospect, Mackenzie Gore. Like, you, you have the best rotation in the league. There's no doubt. And... Yeah, they still have good bats. You know, they have um, Tatis, who's also the cover of the MLB The Show 21 game, which is pretty cool. And they have, yeah, they have good bats, but obviously the strength of this team is their pitching. And if anything that's shown you, anything that's shown over time is that pitching wins you championships. And honestly, I feel like the Padres would can probably come out of the NL. I know the Dodgers are stacked, but... I don't know, like, there's only been one time where the Dodgers actually won the World Series in, like, the past 20 years, and it's been last year. And sure, they could do it again, but I don't know. And for the AL, what it really comes down to me is the White Sox, Jays, and the Yankees. Like, as much as I hate the Yankees, they still have an absolutely loaded lineup when they're healthy. And they did sign Kluber, I'm pretty sure. And they also have Jameson Tyon, a couple of good additions to the rotation. They always have a good bullpen. And the White Sox are pretty – they're pretty good too. They have a really good core. And they have decent pitching as well. But, yeah, honestly, I feel like the Yankees on paper should be able to come out in front. But I feel like they won't. And I feel like it's going to be between probably the White Sox and maybe the Jays or even the Twins. But, yeah, that's what I got. I'll just go quick. Uh, I, I got the Padres for the same reasons Thomas mentioned. I think their rotation is going to be good this year, and I think they're – my, my heart – I'm just going with my heart, man. I'm saying I'm saying Jays. Okay, I am going to be real quick because we got to end this and wrap this up right now. Um, I think it's not going to be the Dodgers. It's not going to be the Padres out of the NL. It's going to be the Braves. They're going to come out as an underdog team this year. 
They're going to be the Black Horse. They're a great team, young players. They're coming out into the World Series, and it's going to be – I'm going to add a little caveat to this piece. They're going to be playing against the Blue Jays as long as the Blue Jays can pick up that one more starting pitcher, whether it's Paxton, Odorizzi, or Rosenthal. And that is going to be my World Series prediction. Yeah, thanks for coming out to Episode 1. Uh, we will be back real soon. It will not always be us four on this podcast, but, uh, you know, because we've got a big group of baseball fans over here at the, uh, at the intermission this year. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Uh, check out the articles, obviously, every week. we got tons coming out all the time, uh, not just baseball. Peace.